Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X Pac 12360, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. How you guys doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. We got Jimbo on the couch. How you doing, Sean? <laughs> right next to Jimbo, we got Denise Alcedo. Happy Wednesday, everyone. They, yeah. got, they got little Lula sandwiched in between them, as oh, always. <laughs> Bill Hanstock. Hey, what's, your, what's, your twi- what's your Twitter handle say these days? Uh, the real X-Pac. No, yours. <laughs> uh, you always have some kind of like play on your name. Oh, no, no, it's just for the holidays. It's yeah. hand stockings hung by the chair. Okay, yeah. <laughs> at least you put some thought into it. That's Hands, pretty cool. At hand, what is it? At hand stockings hung by the chimney. No, you with, know no, where it's at, Sean. At Sundown Motel. I was like, it still stays <laughs> the same. That's just the top thing, right? Uh, I don't know. TK, what's Whatever. up? Hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. It's, I'm. You know, it might seem like there's. I don't have a lot of energy right now, but I. He's I a, am he's very at peace. That's, yeah, that's what I'm it at is. peace. That's what it is. And you're I filled you, with good energy, positive yeah, energy. Yeah, because. The state of Alabama did not elect oh boy. Roy Moore, and I couldn't be happier. They voted overwhelmingly to just barely not elect a child molester. The 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 state's African American yes. voters yes. made sure all we about all yeah. have the women and the African American yes. vote. Yeah. Yes. One hundred percent. Do you know there was actually six percent of African Americans that still voted for Roy Moore in Alabama? Uncle Ruckus, and I'm trying to and maybe his <laughs> his Ruckus. family. It's because for a lot of for a lot of people, in a lo- a lot, especially in America, for a lot of people, regardless of your your gender, your race, or anything, someone who says they believe in Jesus is trumps everything. Trumps everything. Mm. Oh, okay. Like this person says they believe in Jesus and that they support uh, no abortions. And this person doesn't say that. Right, I see what you're so, saying. So I have to vote for them no matter what. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I don't want to get all up into that. Well, you are a wrestling podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm, I, I just, and I, I try not to weigh in on that stuff because I know it's uh, polarizing, but I just can't help it when it comes to that. It's you hard know, not when to it weigh comes in to these things. Days. Like, come on. We, we have to mm-hmm. move forward and, you know, and, and we can't do that with shit like that, you know? Well, the crazy thing is that the, the opposite side, the polarizing part, is the other side believes just as passionately we can't move forward at any cost. Yeah. But that, I, or I just moving don't forward is, is dangerous yeah, or so. bad. So, anyways, all right. We have a great show today because, <laughs> and I'm, TK, go ahead. What you what you got to add to that? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I see you over there. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm 
moving back to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> We're all yeah. moving to Canada. Well, I mean, I can. Y'all. Um... Canada's an, I can't. Uh, not, right. not at the moment. Not we'll smoke you in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. We got Conan on the show a little bit later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. K Dog. Yeah. Conan Odale. He's going to speak on this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to let him. <laughs> yeah. And I have a very long, long relationship with Carlos. We've been friends for many, many years, yeah. and we actually lived together in Mexico. Teddy Hart lived in that house. So did Jack oh, Evans. I can't wait to oh, hear man. these stories. Yeah. But Taya lived there, too. <laughs> Taya Valkyrie, you know, Morrison's. Uh, Fiance. Fiance, yeah. Oh. She lived She lived in my room when I left, actually. So. Yeah, Cameron needs to follow you around just to. Maybe. Story. So, anyways, yeah, <laughs> we're going to have a great time talking to Conan in a little while because um, there, there's a new promotion, and Denise just c- got back from the Nashville working for uh, Aero Lucha, and it looked great. I was at Morrison's house last night talking with him, and he said it was. Uh, it was a really cool uh, deal they had there. A good crowd, which I'm. I, I like the. Um, I like the Nashville Fairgrounds. It's just hotter and f in there, <laughs> even in the winter time. Yeah, it was actually it? like twenty something degrees when I was there. I was freezing. Really? Yeah, it was really cold. I mean, inside it was room temperature. That oh, was that's fine. good. But outside it was like, oh my yeah. gosh, it was crazy. But yeah. it was a lot of fun though. The people were great. They were super excited. A huge turnout, and I thought that was really awesome. I had a great match with AJ Styles in that building. All hopped up on meth. Did you ever hear about it? Yeah. I can't believe AJ Styles has <laughs> hopped up on meth. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? He was ready to fly. <laughs> so. It's a historic yeah. building for sure. Great building. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, what's going on, uh, TK? Is there anything going on in the world of professional wrestling? that we need to talk about? We have a lot going on in the news. A WWE superstar is suspended indefinitely. Uh, so, so do you want me to hit the queue or do you want to just go through it? I think we want you it? to hit the queue. Oh, well, then here it comes. <laughs> X-Pac, 12360, <laughs> Wrestling News. That's why I got you back in the booth, Mark. Dude, I can never get tell you talking through the queues. I don't know what I don't to do, know. man. We... Go ahead. It's so, I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> back to one. Oh. Yeah, everyone. Mark is Mark Donegan back in the booth. Hey, everybody. Yay. Happy to be back a part of the show. We are happy you are back. At, you were always back. part of the show. You at just... Mark in the booth. That, no. no. <laughs> That's Jimbo's gimmick. I don't want to take Jimbo's gimmick. At Jimbo on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, go ahead, TK. So, um, Rick, uh, Rich Swan is currently in custody in Florida, and what happened was he allegedly... Um, Choke slant or ch- um, what's it called not right neck choke headlock headlocked his wife. Um, they they had an incident. He was visiting her. She's also a wrestler. They were driving back in the car. They got into argument. She left the car. He chased after her. Then he managed to get her in the car again. Got she left the car and the car hit a pole and he is in jail for that. So. Well, he's not in jail anymore. Yeah, he got out. But he was, and that's ugh. Not a good place to be in jail for a person like Rich Swan. Yeah, pretty much any it, the the in the rumor mill for black folks, you shouldn't drive through Florida. Not that part of not that Florida. part of Florida. Yeah. No. And I, people like some people might be listening to this and they might take exception to that. I'm from Florida. Okay? Trust me. I'm telling you the truth. So uh I the thing is is we we don't know. I would I um I hope the reports aren't true. 
uh, I hope that there's a misunderstanding there and that it didn't quite happen that way. Uh, if it did, I just can't. I, I just don't know what, you know, yeah. I was so unfortunate. Well, he, he's uh, been suspended indefinitely because of the zero tolerance policy yeah. for domestic violence. The last time this happened was Adam Rose. And I, I believe, if I'm getting the timeline correct, I believe that he was, he and WWE came to terms on his release before the legal situation yeah. wrapped up. Yeah. But he was suspended and then released. And before that, it was Kevin Nash. And also Jerry Lawler was suspended at one point um, because he got in a... That a, was many years ago. No, no. Oh, something it was recent? the past year. Okay. Uh, I'm just... I don't know about that, but I do... I can speak to the Kevin Nash incident when he had... When things broke down at his house and, you know, there was an incident with his son. Uh, and they ended up taking Kevin to jail. And the police ended up having to go back and get, get his son... Who was, anyways, regardless, immediately they suspended him. Yeah. And it was, I think it was right before his Hall of Fame induction. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I want to say that it was either that, it was one of, it was his or Scott's. Uh, uh, but, so anyone saying that, okay, it's like they just did that, they just suspended Rich because, you know, he's not like, you know, uh, higher up on the card or whatever. That's not the case. They suspend yeah. even members of the clique for shit like that. So, um, yeah, I just really hope that the, the reports aren't true. I hope they're not accurate. Well, what I haven't seen is that she's pressing charges, which might make, make, make a big difference as far as yeah. sure, how course, that yeah. all yeah. goes yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the, the Adam Rose stuff, his wife ended up never pressing charges, and they right. said it was a misunderstanding in court. But he was still, you know, he still parted ways with WWE because of that. And who's to say that they weren't already headed that direction because of whatever his unhappiness, social outcasts, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that his getting arrested probably really forced the issue, and it's less of the case with Rich Swan. Although, I mean, from your from your viewpoint, the 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 weekend that this happened, he was scheduled to like be in a number one contendership. Yeah. He was part of a big storyline. Yes. Does that make does that play a factor into how they will perceive this? Like negative publicity coming out while he's part of a key. You mean as to how they handle it? Yeah. No. Okay. No, they can't afford to pick and choose when it comes to that okay. at this point. Well, I mean, just as far as like personal feelings, like obviously well, this personal is... feelings are one thing, but I mean, yeah, you would not like, especially if they, if they really are fond of him on a personal level, but it doesn't change the fact that they got to do what they got to do. Right. You know, for PR reasons, uh, uh, you know, and just that's just how I think. I, just, I, I think that's the right way of handling it. Yeah. I really I, do. I love Rich, and he's a great guy. And I just don't. I think there's definitely some kind of misunderstanding, or not everything is being uh, put out there right now. Because well, from what I know of him, I could never see him choking Sue. Yeah. And I've met her once or twice. But I've known him for a while, and he's a great dude. And I just would never see this happen, especially if you know his backstory. Like I yeah. couldn't see him ever doing anything like and this. And there are no reports before of him like abusing her or any of that sort of that. Not to say that says that he didn't do it, but mm -hmm. just kind of like you would see signs, and you're not seeing any of those signs. So I mean, well, well I think in the report she actually said that he's been known did. for having a bad temper, right? And that's why she didn't want to get in the car yeah. with him. I think like whether or not 
the details of this report are true. When I was reading it myself, I was just thinking, like, this is graphic. Like, I yes. saw the whole story in my eyes, like, fall at, like, a movie. And usually when we hear of this stuff, we don't always get all the details. And with this situation, we did get the details. Yeah. And then his defense where he said that it was something about GPS and she had the GPS and getting home, it just seemed like the difference between night and day, they're two stories. Yeah. So it kind of... For me, I mean, obviously, I don't know Rich Swan personally or anything like that, but for me, it's hard to like see it so differently from what they are saying. You know? I'm having a hard time not seeing it the way you're seeing it, Denise. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you like people, and you meet them, and they're yeah. they seem like wonderful people, and you hope these things aren't true. Uh, but when I read it, and I read that part. I couldn't help but feel the same way you, you seem to be feeling right now, just being 100% with you guys. Mm -hmm. So you like people, and you want the best for them, and um, let's just leave it at that. What's, what else is Moving going on? on? Uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are heating things up. Um, so there's a lot of things that happen. Are we going to? Yeah, too. do we have a clip, Marcus? Yeah, this happened to the World Tag Yes, sir, we finals. do. All right. So we're going to play a little clip here. Kenny Omega in the ring celebrating. A four to six weeks minimum. Omega was back in two. Yeah. And then went 30 minutes. Uh-oh, the lights go out That's while he's good. in the middle of the ring celebrating. Where are they? Fukuoka? Uh, I don't remember where the World Tag League finals were. Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah, where it was they Fukuoka. had it, yeah. Yeah, it was Fukuoka. Now the, the Great use of Judas. Yes. I was going to say has to have his own music. He's been also dying to not use Break the Walls Down for years, but Vince told him that's going to be his WWE theme until he dies. Also, <laughs> I, I love Judas for this oh, angle. Oh, no, it's great. It's great for this angle. Wow. Congratulations, Kenny, on another great match. Chris's hair isn't that awkward growing out stage where it's flipping <laughs> at the bottom like that. January 4th at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom 12, Jericho versus Kenny, Alpha versus Omega. We're going to find out who the best in the world is, Kenny. And you better be ready, because I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Do you understand you what stupid I'm idiot. to you <laughs> right now? Do you? Do you? Huh? Huh? You can kind of tell that that's a well, promo he made for the Japanese audience. He's definitely. And then he's in the ring behind him. Turn around, behind you. <laughs> I love Jericho's shirt. Yeah, that's good. Alpha Club. Good call in Fukuoka, Sean. Yeah, right? I know my buildings. I heard that they're also going to start selling those Alpha Club shirts in Hot Topic as a test uh, test thing. Really? That's what Jericho says. So then, like, the guy, the referee comes in. Like, I'm surprised that more young boys didn't come in. They sent a few in to get beat up. Yeah. And Don Callis, too. Yeah. Yeah, so Don Callis. <laughs> nice shot. Nice yeah. belt shot. Took the hell out of that. Yeah. It's a huge belt, too. It's enormous. Yeah, so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jericho, could you hit me in the face, please? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, anyways, that's what happened. And Kenny Don, got busted open. Yeah, and Don Callis fed in and. Took a code break. God, as well. Don's put on a little, a few pounds since the last time I <laughs> saw him. <laughs> well, he finally got rid of that virus. Oh God! Wow. Don's really good on 
I like. I really yeah, like his uh, play by play. And uh, and then in the press conference after the World Tag League Finals, uh, Jericho was talking about how he's the best in the world and he's gonna prove to everyone that he's better than uh, Kenny and uh, that he's gonna end Kenny's career. And then Kenny showed up with his head all bandaged and started throwing hands. And then yeah. Jericho threw a table at him and then started cussing. And it was great. Did he use profanity? He did. He used the F word. Nice. Yeah. He went savage, which is awesome. I think this is personally cool because, first of all, when we first heard that this was going to happen, it, like, broke every, like broke everywhere, wrestling fans freaking out. And now they have this. And I thought this was cool because it kind of adds, like, a sense of realness to this that we're sometimes, you know, I guess you could say we don't very get to see that often. We're like, oh, my God, you know? And then the fact that they had the blood, which isn't very much seen in New Japan, so that was super cool. It made it that much more special to see Kenny bleed and whatnot. And then the fact that they actually cut the, bre- the press conference and didn't continue it continue with it it kind of made it like uh oh man like this is happening that this is so huge that it changed the course of the entire press conference and so on and so forth so i mean props to them i love this i really enjoyed the the whole or i enjoy it's maybe not the right way of putting it but i one of the things that i like about japanese wrestling is their press conferences and the way they have the media involved and how they treat it like it's a legitimate press conference which they are actually mm-hmm. you know uh they play those they the media plays those things straight and um and because of that you can go out there and you can shoot your own angles actually you know they you know you, you can't really control somebody once they get out there and start talking you know to the press and <coughs> so um yeah if if you're smart you can really manipulate things during those press conferences mm-hmm. And it just gives it such, like, you know, I think you were saying, Denise, it gives it such a, uh, a legitimate yes. feeling. And I like the way NXT has done stuff yeah. with the, with you know, the press conference look, you know, with everyone sticking the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the recorders and the yeah. cameras and stuff in their, in their faces. Um, Jericho is really excited about how this is all going out, yeah. going down. He said this week that he feels like this is some of the best stuff he's ever done in his entire career. Yeah. And he was also, uh, Ken, uh, him standing over Kenny made the cover of, the biggest wrestling magazine. Yeah, and, Weekly uh, Pro Wrestling. And uh, he tweeted today about how jazzed he was that he made the cover mm, of the yeah. biggest magazine. So he's, he's really excited about it, and um, I'm excited about it. It's, I can't believe it's only a few weeks away. Yeah. Do you think we get the follow-up match at New Japan in Long Beach? Like Jericho Ooh. Omega 2? Maybe. Right Probably, because he's for sure not going to be on WrestleMania now because he booked a Fozzie show that day. Where? Uh, in um, Jersey. But it's at the same time as WrestleMania. Like at first, I was thinking like, oh, he could play like an afternoon Fozzie show, then take a plane to New Orleans. But it's like up against it. Yeah. So. Huh. What else is going on around the world of pro wrestling? <laughs> Hello. WWE women make history in Abu Dhabi. So Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss were wrestling, and it was the first time that they got to wrestle there. They were in full, they had to cover up, obviously. Um, but Sa- Sasha was actually talking about how, you know, for women's empowerment and all this stuff, this is a huge thing. So it was a, definitely a great event. Did you, what do you think about it? Just the, okay, this is bigger than wrestling. It's bigger than pro wrestling, because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I, See, I never actually went to like Abu Dhabi or Kuwait. I was supposed to go to Kuwait mm-hmm. one time, uh, and and they were they weren't going to allow the ladies to to perform there, and you know, uh, so 
this hopefully opens up the doors for women to do more things in public yeah. in places like yeah. Abu Dhabi and Kuwait, you know. Uh, so I, I got to, uh, I have to tip my hat to WWE for pushing this and making this happen because they could have just as easily not, not, you know, uh, went against the grain and just went in there and did things, you know, traditionally and, and not tried to, you know, make a change there. And they did. Mm-hmm. Very cool of them. Yeah. Um, someone pointed out that that TNA actually had a women's wrestling match in Abu Dhabi in 2010. Yeah. But it wasn't televised or anything, and, and no one's really making a big deal about it or mentioning it. Okay. But, I mean, like, it did happen, but, like, this is obviously a much bigger deal. Yeah. Um, this was everywhere, not even not even on, on mainstream media, too. They were talking about it, so... Yeah. And Mikazi made them some special gear for the occasion. Is that TNA's fault for not realizing what they had at the time? I don't know. Did they actually do it in front of people? That's another. Uh, that's another uh, good good question because it's possible that it was just one of those in a studio closed things event or you know. Yeah, I don't have any information. It said that it happened at the Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Um, so it's possible it was a private. I thing. highly, yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say it didn't happen in, in a stadium yeah, full yeah, of yeah, yeah, thousands sure. and thousands of people. And though. it was uh, it was Angelina Love and Doug, uh, Velvet Sky. They beat Madison Rain and Sarita. It was a tag match. All right. WWE should have sent their female referee over there just to ref this match. You too. know what the main event of that awesome. show was? What? Jeff Hardy retaining the TNA Heavyweight Title against Jay Lethal. Hmm. What? That was the main event of that 2010 Abu Dhabi ah, okay. TNA show. So just just a little example of how much things can change in seven years. <laughs> oh yeah. shit! Right? Seriously. All right. Yeah. So well, I, mean, I like definitely what they're what they're going on as far as the women. Um, you know, we had the May Young Classic. We have just it's kind of like a trend. Like they're always breaking stuff, um, breaking the rules and barriers. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen for the new year. Yeah, the women's revolution's taken a lot of flack for a lot of things as long as it's been going on but the the stuff that they've been doing and regardless of the motivations behind the stuff they've been doing is all really important stuff you know yes. first women's pay-per-view main event match first women's hell of a cell first women's ladder match second women's ladder match first women's match in Abu Dhabi like it's all super good and super important and like I'm just enjoying all the breakthroughs you know yeah I, you know, some people that no matter what, they're going to say, okay, yeah, but they're only doing it because of this. Right. Okay. Right. It's still, uh, at least still, they're doing it's it. It's still being Shit. done. Yeah. It's still being done. So <sighs> one of the arguments in my office was, um, why, why weren't they just wearing their uniform? Why did they have to cover up? And I'm like, really it's the dude. Law. <laughs> How about we just take, take a win when, when, when yeah. we can get a win, you know? How about that I'm for now? It. I'm into it. And then we'll work from there. So that's steps. how you do it. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything? No, we're good. All right. Well, we're going to take a break now. And I'm pretty sure when we come back, we'll have Conan on the line. All right. Bye. Bye. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Lagrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there or be square, whatever that means. 
Hey, Xbox One Two Three Sixty fans! I just wanted to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout out or surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebdm.com/slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Right now, joining us on Skype, uh, a dear, dear friend of mine. We actually lived together in Mexico, and uh, and we were we were in the, in the New World Order together. And uh, Legion Estrangera in AAA. Uh, my dear friend, uh, everyone, give it up for Conan. Yeah. yeah. Well, you failed to omit, we were not just in the same house, but we shared the same room, but don't judge us. <laughs> well, I did mention to everyone off air that we shared the house with, with Teddy. Teddy Hart lived upstairs. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's in a league by himself. Yeah, and Jack. <laughs> we had Jack Evans in the, in the house. Yeah, Jack so, Evans in the house, yeah. yeah we I saw him on Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah, um, uh, yeah let, might, as well st- might as well start with that. And then, I'll, and then I'll go back and we'll talk about some other stuff, too. Uh, how, how was uh, Aeroluta this, this weekend in Nashville? Well, that was incredible, and it just played off the fact that what I've always thought was coming to fruition, and that is, well, you know, when the Luchadors first came to the United States, even though they went to ECW for a minute, um, they really exploded in WCW, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, it was something nobody had ever seen. And I thought when I brought them over here and tr- convinced everybody to put them on, I just thought, wow, Lucha Libre is so, so much more creative and colorful. And yeah. it's so different, you know. And wrestling to me in the United States was just kind of cookie cutter boring. And they came in and nobody knew what it was about. And uh, a lot of people thought that style wouldn't last. And, 20 years later the effect on the business cannot be denied and i just thought well there's a there's a lot of latinos out there because i've been to nashville bro do you remember when uh you were in tna and i was there with a group called the 3lk of course yeah you and ronnie and, and road dog right yeah so we three live crew vi- right three live crew so we did this vignette that was hilarious where uh ronnie took us to the hood yeah you know and it was funny because a kid rolled up on us on a bike and he had a gun in his waistband. He was like, what are you doing in my hood? You know? Yeah. And uh, Ronnie says that he used to do that. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and it was, bro, you haven't lived until you've seen Road Dog in the middle of the hood, dressed up like a pimp, but like an old school pimp, like yeah. Starsky and Hutch style, like yeah. those. And he had like a rainbow wig on, and he was strutting down, you know, the hood. <laughs> and people were coming out, and they were just cracking up. And then, so we went to the hood, and then we went to like the trailer park. Supposedly yeah. that's where PG is, right? Yeah. And then we went to the Mexican side of town, which I had no idea how vast in scope it really was. And I was like, oh my God, look at this community. It's just self-sufficient. They don't have, they don't have to leave here for nothing. They had their own supermarket, yeah. gas stations, like, and it was a beautiful thing to see. 
And then I started to see in the newspaper, you know, like 30,000 people showed up at Nashville for a soccer game yeah. to watch Team Mexico. You know, and I was like, well, it's mostly Mexicans that are going. So I knew the, so I knew the, they were there. You know what I'm saying? And 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 the thing is, Carlos, and I remember you bringing this up to me many years ago. Uh, huge, huge Mexican communities in cities that people would never really think there was right. Mexican community. Charlotte, right. North Carolina. I mean, Raleigh, every big North Carolina, every, every big market, every big market in the country, actually. Yeah. Bro, because I would ask them, what are you doing here? And they were either there for construction, yeah, cleaning, uh, taking care of horses, feeding cattle, like all the shit that Americans don't want to do yeah. or, you know, or they can get them at a cheaper price. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I knew that the crowd was there. The thing was, would they show up? You know, so we right. had to put a, a strong card, you know, the main event. I think you could put that in London or Peru or anywhere, and it would sell out. Yeah. You know? What was the main and event? Was it was it Morrison and uh, who who it was, was it? Ray, Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lucha Libre icon, Pentagon, maybe one of the hottest indie stars right now in the world. Yeah. You know, John Morrison. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was. Yeah. Yeah. And Rush was the only guy that they didn't know, but I knew that when they left, they'd remember him because Rush is a top guy in CMLL. Uh huh. Okay? Yeah. And he has an aura about him. He's a star. And in the match, he didn't miss a beat. He kept up with everybody, everybody. And he was, as you know, the best matches ever are the ones where everybody wants to work for with, the with match. The, right. And that's what they did. Plus, you know how, like, sometimes you'll go into with another great worker, Sean, and it's like, oh, my God, this is going to be good. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. And they had that mindset, too. So I like to put great workers with great workers because they go out there and they just want to work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and uh, let me ask you yeah. something. Did the did the crowd were they were they a lucha libre crowd or were they a crowd that you uh, just a normal rest the the normal wrestling crowd that that would come to Nashville? Yeah, Na there was a lucha libre crowd, and here was the beautiful thing about it. So I would say 70% was Hispanic, 30% was Anglo. Yeah, and it was a beautiful thing because what's happened is when lucha first started, as you know, all the luchadors were all Mexican. Oh yeah, right. Now they're white, Filipino, black. It's become a global thing, you know, just yeah. like Lucha Libre itself. And, and the fan base, which I knew I was going to pull from the Mexican fan base, but the beautiful thing was watching that 30% Anglo fan base that now likes Lucha. Yeah. So yeah. what did the, did, what, I guess the reason why I was asking you that is because I wanted to know if the people already knew who Rush was, like if, from, from yeah, CMLL. Most of them did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really cool. And uh, so it was a great show. It was great to, uh, you know, it was real chill backstage. Yeah. I think Denise can attest to that. And, uh, you know, she did a really good job. And it's a fresh face on TV, somebody that really hasn't been seen on a national level if we get a TV deal, which is obviously what we're going for. Yeah, talk to, talk, talk to us about that, about what the mission is of, of Aerolucha. Aerolucha is just basically, you know, we saw what happened at Lucha Underground. I yeah. was there for season one, so, <clears throat> and I was there before the big company even started. But anyways, so I kind of knew what was going on over there, and, you know, something that was uh, evident is they weren't touring, yes. and they weren't making no money off of merchandising after such a hot product. And this is how hot that product was, okay? Because people m are misled by numbers sometimes. So, you know, usually they average 100 thousand viewers right you know it fluctuates right. from 80 to 125 or whatever it is all right and when we're talking but, about we're talking about live viewers that, that watch it live right not d right. not dvr right. 
right. other DVR digital is always going to be less. Gotcha. But anyway, so we go for that first number. And people, well, nobody's watching the show. I go, well, that's where you're wrong. Because last year I traveled too. Mostly I went with Ray, but I went to Qatar. I went to um, Sudan, mm -hmm. to Chile, like all over, bro. Everybody knew what Lucha Underground was, and nobody had El Rey. So that was YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's why, yeah. And so that's why when we, a lot of times I'll hear, well, ratings are down for football games, and ratings are down for all sports. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't watching TV, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And so, but the thing is, is that, that um, uh, I lost my train of thought. It's all right. <laughs> take a, take a puff real quick and they'll get you back on. <laughs> that's, what got, that's what got me here. Um, but um, yeah, bro, it's just like. Um, uh, I, well, I, I with people not watching so much TV, is there a way that Arrow Lucha is focusing oh, we, on? I, I was talking about Arrow Lucha. You're right. Thank yeah. you. And uh, so basically, um, we're going to try to get TV. And our main thing was we saw that Lucha Underground opened the doors to something that. that was lurking there for many years that hadn't been seen since WCW. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then they took it to the next level. You know, it was like Lucha Libres was no longer the appetizer. It was the entree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And, and it could hold its own because I always knew back then what I what people are finding out right now. Sometimes people don't want to see a story. And I'm a story guy, and you know that, X-Pac. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Sometimes they want to go see a balls out, everybody do the most athletic shit that you can do, and leave us on the edge of our seat. Sure. You know, and, 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 and I agree with that, and it, it does help if they care about the, the, the players involved, but there doesn't have to be an intricate story uh, woven into it. I agree with you there. Just let them go. Let the horses run. Let the eagles fly, bro. They're young guys. They want to show out, and that they're not going to be doing this at 40 or 50. Let them do their thing. You know, you can't, you can't tell a horse, a thoroughbred, not to run fast. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You couldn't tell. You know this. Bro, you were the same way. You took ridiculous bumps just to make sure that the match got over bro yeah so much that you broke your neck yeah for real times, yeah right oh yeah uh, yeah yeah and you I, know and, and I, I saw you backstage bro going in there hurt messed up you know but once the, once that music came on you transformed yourself but uh you can't tell a young x-pac a young x-pac that crazy x-pac hey don't do that high-flying shit because you wouldn't have listened no, I wouldn't have, and I, and I honestly think that at the time that's what I needed to do, right. you know. Exactly. And then you know later on you don't need to do those things, and then right. you just well, pull I them out of your ass every once in a while. Yeah, because I once asked Sabu, "Why do you do all that crazy shit, bro? Why, you know, you've been doing that for so long." Yeah. Goes, bro, I had to do it at the beginning because I had to stand out. Okay, yep. he's correct there, and he goes, and now people expect it from me. I go, so you kind of weaved yourself into a corner, but it's your niche and your corner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you guys want to hop in here? Yeah, so you know, speaking of that, what would you say is the hardest and the easiest part of presenting Lucha to an American audience? Uh, it's not as hard as it used to be, you know, and I was trying to sell it for many, many years, and I remember, like, uh, vividly, maybe 25 years ago, going around uh, very prominent people in L.A. and trying to get them to do Lucha Libre, and they were like, oh, you mean the Hulk Hogan thing? And I was like, no. And, that, uh, and, and they just didn't, bro, they just didn't understand. Lucha today is probably a much easier sell if we had to do that. So I think more people are, are informed and they understand what it is. And I think the best way 
that you can get somebody change your mind is to watch your product. If you really think your product is that good, it's going to speak for itself. And I dare a wrestling fan to watch a lucha match and not get excited at a high quality lucha match. Hey, hey, Carlos, do you think that uh, that you could do big outdoor shows or big arena shows? Like you remember the first time you guys took Triple Mania here to the states, and right. those big ass crowds you guys drew uh yeah. you know and and that was when wrestling was on its ass what do you think you guys could do now yeah well wrestling wasn't on his ass when we did that that's why the people showed up and so we came to la sean and we sold out that sports arena that must hold 14 15 000 yeah. people bro we must have lessened this is a shoe like four thousand people standing outside you know that's how hot yeah. the product was at that time but also it was easier because Lucha Libre was on a very, very strong station in L.A., a Hispanic station. So everybody was watching it. And then we finally came here. They just showed up, you yeah. know. Go ahead. So who from Mexico do you think will have a breakout year in 2018 as in getting more bookings in the U.S. regularly? Uh, I don't know. Phoenix and Pentagon are doing a great job of that. Um, Jack Evans has done a great job of that. I don't know. I think Dragon Leo probably the next big thing coming from Mexico. That kid is uh, very special, you know. And um, I think Rush. I think uh, Rush will be being booked a lot more too. Um, I, I, those are the, those those are the ones that come to mind right now. Hey Carlos, do you remember the first yeah. time we met? No. <laughs> it was it was at uh, it was at Sturgis. Sturgis, okay. Road Wild or Road Wild? Yeah, it was at Road Wild, and, and they <laughs> brought me in. Was... Yeah, no, they brought me in, and you guys were the first guys. That, you and Oscar and everyone, you came up to me. The first people I, that uh, came up to me when I got there. And yeah. uh, it, I think our relationship just went, like, uh, ever since. Like with, You know, because a lot of people don't, don't know that, uh, you know, we were all really close, like, you know, like Scott Kev and myself and, and you and your crew were all really, really close back then. Yeah, super, super, super close. And uh, and you can't get any closer than riding together, right? Yeah. We rode everywhere together. And plus, we already liked you because we knew you were a junior heavyweight. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they were all junior heavyweights. So they, you know, they loved what we were doing in WWE. And then plus Kevin and Kevin and Scott, when they first got there, you know, we kind of hooked up a little bit, yeah. and they were always talking about you. So we're like, "Oh, wait till X-Pac comes." And then when we finally met, you were very cool, and it were, it's been a long relationship ever since then. Well, a lot of a lot, like the thing is too is I had I had a working relationship with a lot of legendary luchadors. You know, Dos Caras. Yeah, you know, been the, in Japan. Exactly. So that yeah. really really helped, and yeah. and that. But uh, he, we used to have a lot of fun. Uh, we we do the shit. We do Monday Nitro, and then we go uh, after the show. We right. go up to Hulk's room. Hulk would have a big a big buck, like a big huge thing of beers for everyone, and we that was good good times, man. And and we were all like you know Hulk, Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, big sh all of us just all of us hanging out. Nobody was better than than anyone else, you know. Yeah, um, bro. You know, all I can tell you is that those times, uh, I treasure them now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. when you're living in the moment, you don't really, you really don't know the moment you're living in because you can't really appreciate it till you stand back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And uh, but, you know, one of the good things out of that is that we we made some uh, lifelong friendships like my friendship with you and, you know, Scott, you know, and Kevin and, you know, Norman Smiley and, you know, so many we had we had we kind of hung out with the same people. So um, I took that away from that era. And another thing, bro, I didn't like Eric Bischoff at all. Yeah. And uh, he actually <laughs> came on. He actually came on my show and. Uh, and I was in the back of my head. I was like, "Look, I don't. I'm not gonna start no shit. But if he even pops off in the wrong direction, it's about to go down." And he was like, "Such a gentleman." Yeah, he's great to talk to these days. Yeah, I, we didn't even need to take it there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was like, you know, was squashed right there without anybody even knowing it. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, and I, it's cool to be on good terms with him because he is the guy that hired me. Yeah, and, and it's just cool to not be carrying grudges around for years and years, man. Anytime we can shed those things, I think it's good to do it. So that's why it makes me it makes me feel good that you know that that I have a good relationship with Eric Bischoff now. And right. and and the right. thing is though, uh, he did bring a, you know introduce a lot of these guys to WCW, but the the, the thing that I couldn't stand is that. He used everyone like Jabrones. Right. You were like all these great well, guys, wrote, and they're getting squashed by guys. Like, if you ever watch me work with one of your guys, Carlos, I always right. had good, competitive, solid matches with those guys. Right. You know? Because you, you were an ignorant, and they were. And here's the thing, bro. At the end of the day, like, even going back to Eric Bischoff, you know, me being mad of him, him also to me is like a waste of time. It doesn't yes. change anything. It messes with your mind. It steals your happiness. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like uh, being mad at somebody. It's almost like, uh, you know, taking poison, thinking it's going to affect the other guy. He, do, he doesn't know. You know, he doesn't care. Yep. And so, but anyways, as far as, bro, they, were, they weren't informed. They didn't know what luchadors were. They thought in their mind, oh, they're small. They're preliminary guys. We only know big guys. Rah, you know, we only know, you know what I'm saying? And, so, and there's also were, this mentality, Carlos. There's also yeah. this mentality. Yeah. Uh, if we're paying these guys this much, we got to use them this way right you know and right. so if they're if they're on the bottom end of the pay scale because uh, they're just coming in like bro, okay yeah, well they, we can't have them go over on this guy because he gets paid more that's just stupid bro, bro you know that's almost like you know meeting a a, a a 70 year old white guy from like alabama or mississippi and <laughs> surprised when he says a racist comment you, know, product, you mean like you mean like america was the last time america was great was back in the days when we had slavery that kind right, of thing yeah, right <laughs> what an enlightening uh, comment that was but uh, uh you know and so you can't be you know we are all in a way victims of of our surroundings you know what i'm saying oh absolutely yeah so how could I expect them to know about Lucha Libre? Here's the ultimate level of ineptness. Rey Mysterio, okay, versus Kevin Nash, hair versus mass. If that oh, wasn't God. ludicrous enough, if that wasn't ludicrous enough, for some reason Scott Hall was his partner and I was Rey Mysterio's partner, okay? So yeah. I'm not even sure what that, okay. Then, but here, it, we, we got to take it to another level of ignorance. So it was like, Ray Mysterio versus Nash, Mass versus Hair. 
that's pretty believable, right? And yeah. then some. Gee, I wonder what's going to happen there. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. It gets it gets better. <laughs> Kota and Scott Hall, for some reason, are in this match. Okay. One doesn't have hair, so he can't lose his hair or a mask. So. Right. Okay. But if 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 Ray loses, he loses his mask. But if Kevin Nash loses, Miss Elizabeth loses her hair. <laughs> what were the chances of that happening? Okay. Right? So I wasn't there when all that shit happened, know, Carlos. Right. Bro, you were informed. You'd gone to Japan. You'd wrestled them. You knew that they were talented guys, just like any style has talented guys. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so and, since, you, and you were junior heavyweight yourself. Yeah. So since you just brought that up, the crazy part was is that poor Ray got put in this position to where if he didn't lose his mask... Right. That he would lose his job, like legit, right. like you know, and and so you just take his mask off, and now like it just—they had no idea what the consequences of that were, and and, and how that well, affected. Yes, they them. did because I told them, listen to this. This was a this and is a conversation a huh? between me and Eric Bischoff, okay, right. in Las Vegas at the MGM bar. All right, uh, no, you're gonna do what I tell you to do. I go, well, what you're doing makes no sense. Well, do you have a better idea? Yes, I do. Why don't you put Rey Mysterio against Juventud Guerrero? Better match, same age. They're both second-generation wrestlers. They both started in, in Mexico. Uh, you know, a tremendous storyline, better match, better everything. Once you take Rey's mask off, he is no longer evergreen. That's right. If he has his mask on, he is forever. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And, Right, and so, and that's why Vince is a genius. He put the mask back on. Yeah, and and how did that, how did that go over with the people of Mexico? Where, very where bad, the, very bad. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, but I I would hope that most people in Mexico would understand that the way he lost it really should disqualify that as a real yeah, loss they don't really of the mask. Care because yeah, they don't really care because when they say in Mexico that like you know there's this little thing that says like. Uh, uh, Mexico, like wrestling, is a religion, right? Yeah. So let's look at the United States. Uh, football is probably the most popular sport. I second my baseball or basketball, one of those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, MMA. Um, wrestling's pretty down there if it's even considered a sport anymore, right? Right. So in in Mexico, it's soccer, and yeah. then wrestling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so people take that to heart. Yeah. So he got a lot of heat. Even to this day, people still you know, are pretty hot about it. But they don't mind taking a, a, a gimmick and slapping it on somebody else, and then everyone just buys that like it's nothing. Yeah, well, you got two things going there. You do have a, a percentage of the crowd that buries a guy when he comes out, and then you have another percentage that isn't a hardcore fan, so they yeah. don't know what's going on. They don't even know if it's the real one or not. You know what I'm saying? Like La Parca, for instance. Right. Well, La Parca is such a popular character that, you know, La um, L.A. Park is such a popular character, the original Parka, yeah. that the other Parka, I actually did a match. Listen to this, bro. When I was uh, in AAA, when I came back, I think it was the first Triple Mania that I booked, I had La Parka versus L.A. Park. Right. Okay? Ooh. So you know, you know that backstory. Yeah. So basically the fans knew that. You know, one was the original. He went to WCW, and he went to WCW. They gave the the, the outfit to another guy yeah. who just copied all the moves of the other uh, the original. And the original was now in WCW and was a big star. And so the the guy that stayed in AAA got heat like you couldn't imagine. But 
they kept they kept putting him over and over and over because the company had the IP. Yeah. And they, they had these um, shows in Mexico where I forgot the exact name of it, but basically what it was is they would pick one person from like each sport and each field of entertainment and they'd give him this special award. Like they were the, you know, the singer of the year, the wrestler of the year. It was pretty prestigious. Yeah. Okay. It was run by Televisa, which is a humongous Huge. conglomerate. It's like putting ABC, NBC, and CBS together just to give you an idea. And so they had this thing and for four years straight, La Parca won it, but he won it because AAA paid, a, paid, a, paid, paid them off, right? Sweet. And, and, <laughs> right. So they did everything to try to get this guy over the top baby face in the promotion. Right. I booked the match, first time ever, Park versus LA Park. And there was also a story that was, you know, had gone around wrestling that they had actually gotten into a fight in public at a gas station. Yeah. Okay. So everybody knew there was an underlaying, you know what I'm saying? Was that a true story or no? Yeah, that was a true story. And so, uh, and then, and of course, you know, I helped push that, that, that scenario out. Of course there because, you did. Because, you know, it helped build. build <laughs> Put a little hot build, sauce on it. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. So it helped to build a bro. When the match started, this guy that had been in AAA for like the last 10 years and had been pushed like Hulk Hogan, yeah. 80% of the place was with L.A. Park. I was like, oh, my God. There was like, there, bro, there was like 15,000 people in there. It was a big place. And was there an assumption going in that, that uh, AAA La Parca was going to get the babyface pop, the home, the hometown pop? Yes. Ooh. Yes, on their side. Not Oops. on my side. I knew exactly what was going to go down. <laughs> but they, they, but they, had, they, had, they had fed in so much to their own bullshit that they believed it yeah. you know what i'm saying and like these guys are about to get a rude awakening but i didn't think it would be that rude i didn't think it would be 80 you know and so anyways and then bro la park commenced to put a whooping on him oh i can like, only imagine money from him in public huh i can only imagine bro Holy he shit. put a beat down on him that i was like bro do I need to go in there, run in, and help you make a comeback? Make a damn comeback, bro. You're getting eaten alive by this guy, and the people turned on you. If you have any set of balls, you better show them right now. Yeah, bro, I just don't never. see that with 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 uh, La Parca, with Triple A La Parca. He's just a performer like that. Does the the the, right. the spot? Like I've been in matches with him, and it was great. But it was easy. But I. You know, uh, Adolfo, he's a, yeah. he's on a whole different level when it comes to going out there and, and mixing yeah. it up. Yeah, he is, and he still is, bro. He put an ass whooping on him like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> you know, like that ass whooping that uh, yeah. in The Godfather, where the you know De Niro beat up <laughs> the guy with the trash can and all that. Okay. Like like when all those guys beat Hoovy up uh, in the in the oh cage of death while. You know, while the poop was getting put in his uh, suitcase. <laughs> it was almost like, who's going to hit this guy first? He had so much heat with everybody. Right. Hey, how's Hoovy doing? He's actually doing cool. He has, a, he has a segment on my podcast. You have to listen to it. Oh, God, um, it's got to be classic. Yes, he is incredible. So um, uh, he put a win out. And then, bro, I think part must have felt so sorry for him that he started to let him give him a comeback. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> started to give him a comeback, and people didn't care, bro. Aww. He ate him up. Yeah. While we're talking about La Parca, um, over at Uproxx, we recap um, retro WCW Nitros every week. And one thing that we've noticed, because we love the Luchadors, we love going back and watching all that old stuff, but one thing that we've noticed is that 
it seemed like every time Laparka and Super Kahlo got in the ring together, Laparka just tried to kill him. Did, did those guys have beef or anything? Oh, in WCW? Yeah. Bro, he was like a bully, man. That huh. you know, you know that. Yeah. You know that, yeah. Sean. He's like a bully, bro. And that if you let him, bro, he'll do stuff to you like that. Like he hit Kahlo with a chair in the face. The plastic and, chair? And Excuse me? No, there was one time where you hit him with a plastic chair on Nitro. I didn't know if that's what you were talking about. It might be a plastic chair. I don't remember if it was metal or plastic. I do remember a chair to the face, and they had to send him to the hospital. Oh. And I think he broke his nose. And then a couple a uh, couple weeks later, he hit Umber Hector Garza. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he hit him with a chair, like, real hard. And I was real mad because I thought Umberto was kind of like a punk because he always wore those little short shorts, remember? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, come on, dude. Daisy Dukes are like for women, and so, um, and so, uh, uh, so I got really mad at Park, and I go, bro, you already hit Kahlo, and you hit this guy, and if you, and now you hit Garza, if you do it again, you and me are gonna have a problem. I was so hot, bro, and he pushed me to the side to go. He goes, you don't gotta defend me. I'll bust your ass myself, and we, I had to separate them. But he had mega heat with the boys for that. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand that, man. Come on. Yeah, of you course. Know, why do you think he's like that? I don't know, man. He must have a lot of hate inside or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, only a hateful person would think like that. You know, hey, you don't want to injure a guy who's giving you your face with a chair. Right. Hey, Carlos. You have, yeah. Carlos, you know, you were talking about this when, when we were talking about Errol Lucha main event from Nashville this weekend and how the guys all came in there and uh, with the attitude of of working for the match and how it turned out great. You right. know, can you talk about the mentality in Mexico where the guys, you know, for the longest time and probably still e e even today are just going out there? Well, there was like a, uh, a a saying in Spanish, something about taking all the candies for yourself or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, it's like stealing somebody's lunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's and just uh, like and it, and it makes for really shitty matches, man. Right. Yeah. The problem in Mexico is that. All the heels want to be really cool and they want to get applauds, applause it, yeah. you know, applauded. And sometimes they'll even go so far as to ask for it. And then I would always go, I would always use the, the line, uh, you know, that a chief always said, you know, I go, I would always tell the, the heels, bro, the only thing you're missing are pom poms. Yeah, go get your go, pom poms. Yeah, yeah, right. The only thing is in your pom poms. And I said, and on top of that, now you're dividing the crowd. Now, you know, half the crowd wants to plot for them and they want to plot for you. What if you were a baby face and a heel did that to you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, and, but they're too busy trying to, you know, get little chants like this is awesome or do another one. You know how in Mexico they'll say, oh, yeah. otra, otra, which yeah, means, course. you know, do it again, do it again, you know? And they're trying to get that little chant. And uh, so everybody, so you'll see a lot of times uh, uh, a heel. After he does like a move, he'll do a babyface thing, like get on the second rope and ask for applause. Uh, see, yeah, I'm like, of really, dude? Yeah. And so that was a big problem in Mexico. But the thing is, Sean, it's like anything else. Uh, everybody there has worked for me, so they know what I expect from uh -huh. them. And, um, you know, I told them before the show we had a talent meeting. And I said, bro, we can do all the – you're going to see we did great production. We can do all the production we, we want. We, uh, you know, we, we've promoted it. You know, we've done our part. Now it's up to you to go out there and entertain the fans because if, if the show is bad, they're gonna tweet it out there. <laughs> yeah. But if this show is good, they will, they will also. 
And this is going to help us now that we go to Texas. We're going to have a buzz off of Nashville. Everybody wrote, I win. I had a great time. I saw great matches. And I'm like Dana White, bro. If a match is bad, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'll say that match was bad. You good. Know? And so, but every match was good, you know, and we did it in two hours. Nice. And the people were hot, and it was a great night. You know what I'm saying? Nice. I just yeah. you know, I, and I asked you about that because when, when I first came to Mexico, uh, you know, it just seemed kind of like a foreign way of thinking the way I, I, I would come, I would approach the match of like, you know, coming into the match, I'm already thinking about what, how I can make the other guy look good. And I'm not right. so much thinking about how I can get my shit in. And that's right. what I was getting at was that everyone goes into the matches like, what can I do to get myself over? Instead right. of how can I make this yeah. guy look 100%. good? And that guy's thinking the same about me. That's yeah. what makes the really good matches. Yeah. And it's funny because you had to go through a deprogramization uh, stage, if you will. And so did I. Because when I went to WCW, I'd been in Mexico, Lucha Libre. That's what I was trained in. That's yeah. all I knew. You know, and I remember one time when I went to ECW, Polly put me like an American style match and it was brutal. And I was like, bro, do you think because I speak English, that means I, I, I wrestle American style? I go, you, you know, you brought me from Mexico. And then yeah. that's when he was like, well, well, you know, well, then that's well, why don't you bring in, uh, you know, why don't we do something you and Ray and psychosis and who, who, who's another guy you could bring in? I said, Parker. And we had an incredible four way match because it was straight lucha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and then same thing happened to you. You went to Mexico and you had to be deprogrammed from everything you've kind of been taught in the United States because it's a whole different style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but man, I tried to just bring my like I just think here's how I looked at it down there when I was there. Everyone else is doing this and I'm not going to do it as good as they are. So I'm just going to do my thing. And, right. and, and, and it seemed like guys, you know, like Cibernetico and those guys on top that I was fortunate enough to work with uh, because of you. Uh, the whole time I worked down there, I worked on top. Uh, whether I was a baby base or, well, not so much as a baby base because there's way bigger baby base than I was down there. But uh, uh, those guys really loved working with me because of, of, of my mentality going into the matches. And, and we had excellent matches, man. You know, well, because you, you know, you're you're such a valuable asset because you're very knowledgeable on how to put together a match and what works, what doesn't work. You've retained a lot of that knowledge. Plus, you've been in a lot of great matches yourself and you've seen a lot of great matches as a fan. So you have that Rolodex to, you know, roll back in. You know what I'm saying? And you're a student of the game. So, you know, they appreciate somebody going in there, making the match better. And you know yeah. how the boys are. They ain't going to take instructions from just anybody. Right. So they knew that your shit was um, was correct and relevant and they did it and and you were kind of helping me at that time you were helping me change the mindset of the company because we remember we had this conversation we've oh, got to yeah. we've got to change the way they think and they work bro because it's killing the business you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah yeah and and how do you think that overall like uh did did it work at all us trying to well, change well, things? yeah yeah it did work at all when i was there you know what i'm saying yeah I, um i don't know what's happened since i left because i don't watch the show anymore <clears throat> yeah you guys want to hop yeah. in here? So Dave Meltzer recently told a story that you were the one that told Antonio Pena not to put Rey Mysterio in the minis division. How soon afterwards did he realize that you were right, and how close was it to actually happening? Oh, it was very close to happening, very close to happening, because I remember um, I had a meeting at my house with Ray, and they kind of had a leader of the minis, and his name was Mascarita Sagrada. Oh, yeah. And he was, was kind of like, 
You know how like some people you can tell that they're angry because maybe they weren't dealt a good card in life, you know what I'm saying, yeah. by being a small person or whatever. And uh, instead of just embracing it, he was like a bitter guy. And he he let me know that between him and all the other minis. Now, you got to remember, Ray was like 17, you know. Yep. And th these guys were all like 25 years and up and uh, and kind of like guys from the streets and, you know, just unsavory type of characters. Sure. Will. And, you know, Ray's like if at bro at 17, he looked like he he could have been an extra in any surfer movie you know he had like long hair he was really thin he was always in like these he was little very old, pretty very pretty boy he was very pretty i will say that he had rosy cheeks yeah uh, yeah nice and little um, butt and everything yeah. and so uh he he um he was very he was very uh shy kid but he looked like a surfer you know como dice shy in Espanol. <laughs> you don't even want me to tell that story. <laughs> and so, um, what was I going to say? Talking um, about I lost Oscar. my train of thought again. Oscar and, the, Oscar and the minis. Yeah, Oscar and the minis. So I said, bro, Oscar, I go, if you go in there, they're going to whoop your ass. That's all they're going to do is whoop your ass. I go, I'm going to have to somehow convince Pena that you're not a mini because that's right. how short he was. Yeah. Because he was him. like about the same size, maybe even short, small, smaller than Jerito. Maybe, yeah. I go, bro, he's short because he's a kid. He's yeah. 17, dude. These guys are like 25 years old. They're not going to grow anymore. This guy's going to grow. Yeah. You know? And uh, and then he was like, and I go, you sure? I go, bro, look, real talk, Mascarita and these guys are just going to beat him up and we're going to send him home. Yeah. And we have something special here. He's a little guy that you can get behind because visually, you know, against a bigger guy, or, you know, he visually it's beautiful, you know, and it was. That's what got him over. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I'm thinking back right now to some of the early matches that I saw from him down there, and it's just like, yeah. I, you know, it, it was just mind-boggling because you just Bro, never very, saw anything like that guys, before. Yeah, because there's great workers. There's, there's very few guys that revolutionize a whole sport. Yeah. He's one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why when in WCW, when I'm going to use for, for uh, an, an example, uh, I had a match with, with, with Ray at the United Center in Chicago when NWA, NWO was about as hot as it could be. We actually had Rodman there that night. Um, and uh, so I have the match with Oscar, and, and Scott and Kevin are on the floor, right? Right. And first of all, you know, they, they always bitched about me bringing Scott and Kev to the ring with me because they, they're like, oh, they know you're going to do something. And then Scott's like, yeah, but they don't know when, right. <laughs> you know. And uh, and so uh, Oscar, I, I slip on a banana peel. Oscar blows a hell of a comeback on, on me. Right. He goes to the top rope. He hits me with the, you know, the Hurricane Rana. Freaking income Scott. Uh, uh to make the save, he drop kicks Scott. Scott goes down. Uh, in comes Nash. He's going to step over the top rope, and Oscar plants off of Scott's back and drop kicks Nash. Nash goes flying over the top rope. Uh, the people go ape shit. Uh, I, as soon as they start to die down, Oscar turns around. I kick his head off and put him in the uh, chicken wing and beat him. Yeah. Oh my God! Eric was so mad. <laughs> That Bro, those guys flopped you. around the ring for Oscar. It was me, a great piece of TV. <laughs> Brad, let me tell you, 
that's why Hall, Nash, and Pac were so ahead of the game because Hall and Nash, there's no other two big guys in that company that would have done that, but they understood his talent and they understood how over it would be. And then he screwed him at the end. It was, yes. That's a great match, bro. That's a great... You, you got everything there. You took him up. You took him down. You yes. know what I'm saying? They were entertained. And that was that was what I was going to get at. The, the main thing we understood and still do is that, okay, there's you, you get over, but you have to get over in an entertaining way. Our main, our main objective was to make our segment the most entertaining segment we possibly could. And right. that's how you do it. You know, one thing I learned from you guys that I thought was hilarious is, like, you guys weren't afraid to, like, sell something in the ring forever. Ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, you could draw a chalk outline around us <laughs> when we do that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. People didn't know how to take it because everyone's used to, oh, I get beat and just roll out of the ring. Right. I hate that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That That is a good piece of business, I, would, <laughs> I must say so myself. Um, I wanted to ask you guys something. Obviously, there's, like, the, uh, girls here on the panel, right? Yeah. TK, Denise. Yes. TK and Denise, yeah, right? Yes. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're over here. Okay. I wanted to ask you a question because this constantly comes up in my in my um, podcast. Um, keeping it 100 it, available. Yeah, keep, keeping it 100, right? And so did you guys see that thing that Chris Jericho wrote about his cruise where he said something yes. like, uh, hey, the bikini stuff? Up? Yeah. Right. I, I personally, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a lady, but I just thought that some people just blew, blew that way out like of proportion. One. Yeah, I actually sent a tweet out because I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. And when I, like, read it, honestly, like, to me, I felt like the people that were insulted kind of got, like, blown out of proportion because I read it and I wasn't insulted like whatsoever at all so I at first didn't understand why people were and I mean I guess how some people that maybe don't understand wrestling or don't watch wrestling could possibly get insulted but I didn't see it that way and if you know Chris Jericho and you know his personality and you know the way he is it's like a jokey sort of way like hey we're gonna have girls there you know real quick yeah sean alluded to the fact that he's not a girl but you ain't afraid to dress like one right okay but here's the thing that i wanted to ask you well if it wouldn't have been chris jericho and it would have been some guy you didn't know would you have been insulted would he have been a wrestler or just some you know some guy Promoting some guy still you the don't crew? know, some yeah. guy you don't know from another field you don't know. It all, yeah, it all depends on on the person and how they say it. So you know, you know, if somebody calls you baby or sweetie, which is very common in the islands, it, right. they say it in a certain way. It's like, okay, the person's just trying to be nice. It's understandable. Right. But they say in a certain way, it's like, oh, this dude wants to get in my pants or etc. You can kind of yeah. tell, just like how you can kind of tell people say, you know, African American, and you know, they're really saying the N word or they're just saying right. African American. You can kind of tell the difference. Right. Yes, I think Jimbo. It's all in the intent. But let me ask yeah. you a question in the delivery. So let me ask you a question. When you read that, were you insulted? No. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like sometimes people take things out of proportion. Um, and if you if you're insulted by it, what something that you might want to do is find out, figure out the way why the reason why you're insulted because it might just be about you and not about the person who did the comment. So I think a lot of people don't do that. They are, they already jump on. Like, before they can even realize what's going on, they want to jump on Twitter. Everybody wants to jump on Twitter to complain about something, but nobody wants to do the re research or and or 
look at themselves in the mirror and figure out, well, maybe this has to do something with me. Like maybe I can't wear a bikini, so yeah. that might be a problem. I used to think, you know, and, and I. Sean ain't afraid to wear a bikini. That no, day. not at all, not oh, at boy. all. And 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 fellas are more than welcome to come out and and gawk at me when I do so. And I won't take, I won't, I won't feel objectified in any way, you shape, take or pictures, form. Pictures, anything you want. Yeah. So wow. yeah, of course. But you know, here's the thing, like. I don't begrudge anyone feeling however they feel about something. I just, to me, it seems it seemed like it was way overblown. Yeah, there just seems to be this mentality where everybody just has to, you know, just uh, like fake outrage kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying and, it's like really, and, you're mad and about it's that. Just, it's just there's plenty of real sh- shit, like to and real misogyny and 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 you know things right. like that, like. I can think of plenty of other things that I want to be uh, up in up in arms over. Well, that's one of the that's problems, all. though. It's just like you're going to have so many people claiming all these things that eventually nobody's going to listen. It's like, oh, that's okay, well, happen. there's there, you know there is yeah. sexual harassment or this that's happening, and and everybody's just gone through, you know, the gutter with it. That's like now it's like, okay, well. And so, okay, say for argument's sake, say it was inappropriate. Okay, what do you want? His freaking head on the chopping block? Well, it just depends who it is or what it was. You know, like Harvey Weinstein, yes. Cause no, somebody, no, I'm talking about this particular let tweet. Let me tell you something that was funny to me. Somebody's like, well, what if all these women are, uh, you know, making this up? I go, well, imagine the type of douchebag this guy must have been that if he didn't do that, what he did for them to say that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? For, like, women to, you know, it's like, uh, but it's you just got to be careful because what if, you know, you, you did two or three girls dirty and they're just trying to get revenge on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyways. What, what would a girl's answer to be that? They just, just don't do the girl dirty? <laughs> well, no, honestly, because, I mean, I myself as a girl, if someone did me dirty, I wouldn't do that. Because it's kind of embarrassing to tell right. people that you've been either sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. You kind of feel embarrassed and you don't want to really say, like, oh, this happened to me. Because you always have the notion that if something happens to me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But when it comes down to it, you might not do that. what you said you were going to do. And it's a little bit embarrassing. So putting yourself out there, and if it were a lie, I wouldn't want to do that because I would be embarrassed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amen. The shaming would be incredible. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're speaking of like of the ladies, and, and we were talking earlier about guy, um, you know how like if Oscar would have gotten put in there with some of those guys, they would have just, you know, beat the shit out of them. Right. Just you know, and that happens in the ladies' division quite a bit down in Mexico. Yes, a lot. Yeah. yeah that... I remember the. I remember like I remember Sexy Star getting the shit beat out of her every yes. night, man. Yeah. Every yeah. night. Uh, really bad too. Yeah, and so like I when when that stuff with Sexy Star and Rose Rosemary. Rosemary came up, it was no shock to me because, you know, that's like the way things were down there. Like it, when somebody new came in, they got the shit beat. Let out me of tell them. you something. This is a true story, and uh, not a misogynist or nothing like that. Um, if you have fifty guys in a dressing room and five girls. Yeah, those five girls are way, 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 way bigger headache than those fifty guys. You have no idea what you have to work with, and I and and it's just very difficult because you got there's a lot of jealousy between the women that you don't see between guys. Absolutely, you know? and it was it was the same in the in the WWE women's locker room. I don't yeah. know about now. I can't speak for it now, and but it sure was back that, in the day. That 
you know, I would, you know, add to that that now, you know, a lot of the guys are dating the girls, yeah. and if there's a problem, they take it to the dressing room, or maybe one guy yeah. was messing with your girl, so now you got a problem between the two wrestlers and the girl, you know, so so many things pop up, pop off in, uh, you know, in the locker room. So when she came in, there was a lot of jealousy because she was young and she was very brash. She had a big mouth. Yeah. And bro, they beat her. Bro, I remember one time when uh, she did a plancha. Yeah. From the third to the outside, and they moved out of the way. Are we talking about sexy stars still? Yes. Sexy yeah, star. of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> you know this girl? Um, uh, what was her name in TNA? Angel Williams. What was her name there? Angelina Love. Angelina Love. That one. Angelina Love. I brought her to Mexico, bro, and they beat her up. And I had to talk to the locker room, to the girls, and go, you don't treat nobody like that, especially, you know, a foreigner that's coming to our promotion in our country. Right. You know, but they beat her up, and they made her cry, bro. I was like, wow. And they're, they're, they're rough, man, you know. You Damn know, right they are, especially they have, they those have a, They patch. have a smaller shelf life, you know. There's not as many spots for women. And, you know, they've been trained by, you know, the old guard of the women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the Apaches and the Morenos and... Yeah, yeah, they yeah. will f you up. <laughs> yeah, is that something you're trying to change with Aero Lucha? You're gonna make it a oh, bigger. Oh, you won't see that in Aero Lucha. They know, they, you know, people know I'm pretty. Uh, when I have to lay the hammer down, I will, and so they won't even do that here, yeah, because hey, they'll be gone. Hey, so what's up with? Uh, did you see uh, this thing where Hoobie, uh uh, when, uh, and, high and, spots, and, no, he he went and took a picture with Rosemary, and he put his hand around her throat, and then he puts it on his social media. Oh, <laughs> hey, sexy star, I got I got her back for you, or some <laughs> shit like that. You didn't uh, see that? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Hoobie just did an interview with uh, hitting the high spots on right. High Spots Network, and he talked about uh, you and Sean throughout the interview. But he talked about one time where he went to do a dive to the outside. And you're right. supposed to catch him, but he he like makes this motion and the like oh Conan didn't really want to catch me on it of breaking his arm, right? No 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 no. What, what happened was is that Van Hammer uh, um, picked him up and Van he, Hammer, the yeah, one with Van the boots Hammer, with yeah, the lights on him, <laughs> terrible worker, huh? The one with the the, the blonde guy with the boots with yeah. the lights. Yeah, I don't think there was another one, right? That one, Van Hammer. Yeah. That, he he came over the guitar. He was a yes. rocker, and then they put him in Ravenswall. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, he, oh. he was a brutal worker. Well, anyways, in the match, he was supposed to pick up um, a hoobie and then throw him at me, and I would catch him, right? But, bro, he threw him like he was throwing a fastball, and hoobie in the air lost control. And so I put up my arms, and his knee kicked my tricep, and my tricep rolled up all the way up my arm. I was running around uh, the ring holding my arm. I knew something was wrong immediately. And then I went back into the dress room and I had to get an operation. It was a torn tricep. Brutal. Know? Yeah. Brutal. But that's man. what happened. Go ahead. Well, so now switching gears to Impact, you know, you, at the last taping, you guys had the first ever barbed wire match that's going to be televised on television. Fans that are there are reporting that it was crazy, the craziest thing they've seen. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Uh, it was. It happened a while ago, um, but it was a crazy match. I re I'll tell you something that I was very proud of, and I'm sure uh, X Pac he he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. One thing is for the uh, uh, for the audience to to you you know applaud your work and all that, but a, quite another thing is to get that locker room standing O. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? There's no. And, there's not a better feeling out there. 
Right. Honestly. Like, right. Like you entertained your peers that now they applauded you. That special, well, they applauded that match, you know. So it was a real good match where a lot of people took a lot of crazy bumps to entertain the people and everybody, you know, and it was a really good ending because they, uh, has this happened yet? Uh, probably I think it yeah. is tonight. For, Did they uh, turn us baby face yet? Yes, right? Spoilers. That may or may not happen. That's the disclaimer. Uh, so, uh, but we do a thing today that if you get a chance, Sean, I'll send it to you before it comes out. It's pretty awesome little scene I do with Sammy Callahan. Oh, good. And, uh, and I, I would like your opinion on that when you see it. Nice. And it's like a three or four minute thing uh, with me and Sammy Callahan. Man, it's crazy to me to like. Okay, we we both we're, we were obviously in WCW together and, and right. TNA, and uh, right. Yeah, yeah. But like thinking about the TNA thing and now and you're back there again and just uh, and and like the different incarnations of that company and and like it just seems like okay, um, not much is familiar about that other than the name Impact. And not only that, the way I left, bro. Yeah, you know no saying? shit. I, Tell I, me I about left it. on the <laughs> most acrimonious terms you could leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I never, ever, ever thought I'd go back there. You well, know? what happened? And, uh, well, I had left there. I sued that company and um, for racial discrimination. Yeah. And uh, they tried to drag it through court for two years, and I won. But uh, bottom line is I left there, like, on um, really bad terms. You know, yeah. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna go back there. I didn't even think about going back there. But what happened was, is that Jeff Jarrett went to Mexico, and um, he was one of the he was one of the people I sued. And yeah. so we, we sat down, <laughs> and uh, you know, I go, uh, is there anything you want to discuss before we work together? Because I was gonna know by his attitude what my next step would be. And he just goes, no, bro, it's water under the bridge. And my first thought was like, yeah, right. We'll see if it's water under the bridge. And he was incredible to work with, very yeah. easy to work with. And uh, his wife was incredible in the ring. Like the, she reminded me a lot, and this is high praise because you worked with her, Sean. She reminded me a lot of Sherry Martell. Wow, really? Yeah. Yes. She wow, don't care. That's She'll take huge any praise. Bump. Huh? That's yes. huge praise, man. Yeah. They don't really yeah. come in, uh, much better right. than. Uh, Right. Sensational Sherry, Sherry from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And I worked with Sherry because she was Jake the That's Snake's right. uh, ballet in Mexico. <laughs> Imagine that combination. Oh my God. <laughs> what made you? What made you think that was a? I guess it worked on camera, right? <laughs> of course, right. Yeah. Right. You can't take your eyes off of either of them. You know. Damn. They're they're great. They were they were great. You know, and uh, so. Um, uh, again, third time I lose my Don't worry, back. dude. I do it all the Carlos, I do it all the time. That's why I have one, two, three, four people around me at all times. Yeah. So. Um, so. Go uh, ahead. You had asked me something. You're, you're, you had asked me something, right? Oh, yeah. It was basically like what you can tell us about the, about the barbed wire match. And then. Oh, the barbed yeah, wire. You were tape. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got a standing ovation, and, um, and, the, and the people were really happy, and I got something with Sammy Callahan today, and you'll, you'll just have to watch it. I know you hate hearing that, but yeah. um, I, you'll, you'll be entertained, that's for sure, you know? Nice. Go ahead. Well, uh, I know you and Ray Mysterio and Dominic were in attendance for a, a PWG show a while back. I wanted to know what your experience was like at PWG and any people you saw that you want to 
have in Aerolucha? Yeah, my experience was incredible. The reason I went to PWG the first time is because I took Dorian Rodan, you know, the from AAA, and Chris DeJoseph, who was the writer for Lucha Underground, because originally I was going to write the show with, with Chris. Yeah. And so I was like, bro, you need to go to PWG, and I'm going to show you some guys there that you're going to love. So, you know, I recommended Kevin Steen, The Young Bucks, Ricochet, Brian Cage, Willie Mack. Uh, you'll love this one. They were like, oh, the Young Bucks, you know, th they should get better gear. And I'm, like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're, you know, it's like they're making fun of it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. That's, that's the gimmick. Yeah. You know, and just to show you, just to show you how stupid they are, I convinced the Young Bucks to call Lucha Underground because I could get him a contract and I was going to put him in a trio with John Morrison because they're all from L.A. Uh -huh. Okay. That would have been a cool ass trio. Yeah. And, bro, they offered them $200 each. I was like, you've got, to be, you've got to be kidding me, bro. They probably thought that was a good offer. Well, do your due diligence, dude. You know what I'm saying? Oh if you're going to be the head of talent relations and do your, you know, because they have the lawyer of the company doing it, you know? Hey, man. I said, bro, I have a good relationship with the wrestlers. I know how to talk to them. Let me talk to them. No, the lawyer will handle it. And when they, they, they were pissed... This, you, you'll love the Young Bucks. You know what he wrote, what he wrote back? Yeah. Because I go, yeah, I think I can get you a little bit more money. And then he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, well, now for them, you know, to, uh, for us to go there, they're going to have to pay us $1,500 each. No non-negotiable or something like that. Good. You know, and I was like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. Yeah, good. Well, yeah. What about Santana and Ortiz? How did they come to LAX? And did, were you surprised at how good they would be? Well, when they called me to go back to TNA, they actually wanted me to be a mouthpiece for uh, Bobby Lashley. And I was like, you don't need a mouthpiece, you know. Uh, I, I, I like the Bobby Lashley character because, you know, he legitimately can whoop your ass. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. you know, when, when there's a legitimacy about you, whether it's Brock Lesnar, you know, or Kurt Angle or, you know what I'm saying, ADR. You know what I'm saying, Sean? Yes. People know that, you know. That's why I think if Bobby Lashley, you know, one day goes to WWE, him against Brock Lesnar, that's a money dream match, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like anyways, to see those guys tangle in the, in the cage, man, in a, in yeah, a yeah. fight. Both, yeah. Man, imagine if they did both. They should. And, and Lashley's real smart, you know. So, um, uh, so that was like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, he, he knows how to talk. Yeah. He don't, he don't need me. And so he was like, uh, well then what would you like to do? And I said, well, can I reform LAX? And they were like, all right, well, who do you want? And I said, well, for sure I want Homicide. Yeah. And then um, they were like, okay, but you, you need to have some young guys in the group. You know, and I was like, and they started to give me names, and I was like, no, bro, this is, you know, you got to kind of live this gimmick. You right. can't look it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, so I squashed all those names, and I said, let me go look for some guys. And so I started asking some friends of mine. I said, yo, I need, you know, some Latino kids, you know, and uh, that they're, and so Shane Strickland, you know Shane Strickland? I know he is, yeah. I don't know him personally. Yeah. Kill shot yeah. on yeah. Lucha Underground. Yeah, incredible talent, incredible talent. Has that X factor too. And um, uh, so I talked with him and he said, yo, I got these boys in New York, you know, they're New Yorkans, and uh, I think, you might like them so you know i started to watch some video on them and then i started to think in my mind what i could do with them 
And I was like, okay, they are Puerto Rican. You know, they do have the attitude. One of them was in the Latin Kings, you know, so that's what I need. And he, and then I didn't even know this till they got there. Homicide was friends with one of their moms, like back in the day, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, all right, there's chemistry. (laughs) How good a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I didn't ask, but. uh, I'm assuming it's the one that's a member of the Latin Kings. Yeah, 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 I figured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Is his his mom was a Latin queen? Yeah, Imagine that. So, and then everybody likes to smoke. Yo, it's on. So um, a little kibble. But uh, yeah. So, and they came in. We, you know, they we chopped it up, and they they knew what I was looking for, and they they knew what LAX was already. So they they okay, and then they I wanted this girl from Puerto Rico, and uh, they she. She had some problem with her passport or something like that. So I was like, they, they say, we, we can't bring her, but we want a girl. Right. So I had to go through a whole bunch of girls, too. And then I saw this girl. She's from Miami, uh, and it's Diamante. And then she came in, and she's super cool. And, you know, and so chemistry is a big part of everything, right? Well, so, for sure. Yeah, so I yeah. chopped it up with them before I decided, okay, these are going to be the ones, and everybody, and it's, and it's working, you know, people yeah. are liking it, yeah. So, Carlos, you, you have, like, you're involved with, with Impact right now, you're involved with uh, this Era Lucha right. uh, thing, and, and you're really good about diversifying and, you know, having more than pr- one project going at the same time. Right. Uh, I, I dig that. How is each, how does each, uh, each different company uh, feel about you guys, you know, about you being part of another one? Era Lucha doesn't care. Impact had their questions, but I was like, bro, you're not really marketing to a Lucha crowd. Right. You know, they are. Plus, I'll use Impact guys on some of our shows because, yeah. like, you know, I can use Trevor Lee, you know, Sammy Guevara. Sammy, that's a kid to look out for. Yes. Um, uh, uh, you know, I can use, you know, some of the guys that they use, Matt Seidel, stuff like that, because they know Lucha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then I was in Crash for two years, and that company blew up incredibly, you know. Yeah. And uh, but they they you know, one of the reasons that I had to leave is they didn't like me working for other companies. Hmm. Yeah. Why? Why is that? They have bigger plans then, I'm assuming. I think in their mind is like, well, how can you dedicate 100% to us if you're dedicating your time to somebody else? And I've already had that conversation, you know, with another company, you know, and I'm just like, you know, don't worry. As long as I'm here and I'm and I'm producing, you know, it's almost like when I watch like, uh, have you ever seen um, Inside the NFL? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Okay, well, that's on Showtime. And, you know, you'll see like Phil Simms and James Brown and Boomer Esiason on other networks. You know oh, what I'm for, saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so why can't everybody just work wherever they can unless, you know, unless you're going to give me such an exclusive contract that I don't want to work anywhere else, but that isn't being given to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let me make my paper. And so uh, and, and talking about similar uh, thing here, uh, you're using on Air Lucha some people that are on, uh, on Lucha Underground. Is that going to be a conflict at all? No, because they sent a um, – they I, I, it's – been made public by now. I don't know if it's made been, been public, but the contents have were basically Lucha Underground let all talent know that they can work, um, uh, you know, for other promotions even if they have TV. Okay. You know, so they've and that's good because, you know, that's very very, you know, they were being very steadfast about that. You know, they were only giving the people work for like six months. Yes. 
and then they were mad if they worked somewhere else, you know, and then they couldn't work with me because they were mad at me because yeah. I left AAA, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, and then same thing happened at TNA. They did something that I thought was great, too. If you can leave with your IP, you know what I'm saying? With your intellectual and, property. Right, because I always thought to myself, why do you want to keep the name? Yeah. Because, like, let's say... Let's say Eli Drake. I'm, I'm assuming that's an impact name. He left tomorrow. It ain't like you can now put Joe Blow and call him Eli Drake because he's going to get backlash. So let him leave with the name. You both had a hand in it. Let him leave with it. And he's going to be gracious, gracious enough that if you want to use him in the future, he might give you a better deal or he'll come in for a special anniversary. Why do yeah. you want to piss him off? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, and we were talking about this very thing last week on the show here. Uh, and... You know, I I said pretty much the same thing you're saying, Carlos, and and also it's just like, look, it's not like the the promotion can't still uh, exploit your likeness and put out dolls and and put you on video games and make money off of it after you leave. Right, right, right. So right. and so yeah. those those are two. I thought those two things by Lucha Underground and. Um, what do you call this? And impact spoke volumes to how now power is going back into the hands of the worker where it should be because we've seen when we give yeah. power to companies, all they do is exploit. Sure. You yeah. know, and I, and I understand, like, from I try to look at things from every perspective, and, and I understand the, 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 you know, I think I can, underst I can look at things through the lenses of. Yeah, you can of, make it of the eyes of a promoter too. Sides. Yeah, exactly. And and I just think we need to, you know, one person doesn't have to lose for the other one to win. Sean, let me tell you the biggest thing, my which I've tried to change. My biggest thing was you've known for years how the how we get treated. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so my whole thing was like I remember when I was in Lucha Underground, they used the perfect terminology. He goes, man, I was talking to all the wrestlers, you know, and, and they almost sound like abused housewives. You know, <laughs> they just keep coming back and coming. Yeah. I'm like, why would you come back after they did all that to you? Yeah. And then they, then, then they turn into the thing they hated, yeah. you know, because that's what happens when you get too big and everybody, you know, gets a big head and they, they, they lose their eye on the target. At the end of the day, bro, it's the friendships that you make with the wrestlers. You know, because they will go the extra mile for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so if you need a favor, they're there. You know, if, 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 if uh, you know, they're there to help. When you're treating people wrong, they go there and they just pick up a check and they leave. They don't they don't give any extra. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. so, like, I remember, like, when I was in Crash, one of the things I used to do is once the show was over, we had, uh, you know, those street tacos that are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we had one of those guys. We had one of those guys right outside, like, the locker room. And all the wrestlers and staff could go up there and eat. And you and so, you know, and this has happened to you a lot. It's 2 in the morning, you know, 1 in the morning, whatever. You didn't even get out of your gear. And you're walking in your wrestling outfit. Sometimes the guys would have face paint on. Yeah. And you're walking in there, you know, into a 7-Eleven or to some fast food place Oxo. or whatever. <laughs> right. And so to me, it was like, you don't got to go look for food. You don't got to go change at the hotel or go in your gear. Let's all eat here like a family. And there was like yeah. a unity that was really special. I missed and that. I, I missed yeah. that, Carlos. I missed yeah. that about Mexico. And I missed that camaraderie that I felt with all the all the guys that we and ladies that we worked with down there. Uh, yeah. I, I truly do, man. And uh, like, I hope. You know, I hope they I hope some of those guys miss me too. <laughs> <laughs> but bro, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just wanna, you know, you just wanna be 
good to the people that are working yeah. for you. You know, they're going to work that much better and that yeah. much harder and they'll give you ideas and, hey, I got to, you know, I heard that, you know, you got you got to do some posters. I got a cousin that, you know, does post, you know, yeah. and they, and they want to help, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's real important to me, just treating the talent correctly, and, you know what I'm saying? And, Carlos, hey, can we talk about uh, the working conditions in Mexico? Have they changed any? Have they gotten better since I've left as far as the, the, the death trap rings that some of the guys have to work in? Ma, not there? really. No, not really. That's a because shame, man. Right. As long as there's guys that are willing to be exploited, as long as there's people that are willing to... Uh, wrestle for a measly, yes. uh, meager payday just to come out on TV. They're going to be successful. Think about this. In Arena Mexico, right, the arenas that they own, the wrestlers still have to wrestle on a percentage. What other place does that? Yeah. Okay, and how do you know you're getting the correct percentage? Yeah, yeah. Who's, count, you know, who's standing right. over the guys exactly. when they're counting the box office receipts? Right, right. Yeah. So as long as you have guys that are willing to work for you on a percentage, you're always going to be in business, too. Yeah, but the that's thing, CMLL. Here's how I look at it, and, and I believe this is the correct way of looking at it, Carlos. Uh, guys, you know, the, the promotions, whether it's Dorian or, 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 uh, or freaking Paco, like, it would behoove them to make all these promoters uh, buy new rings. If they can't afford them, they should finance it for them. But and, that's, what, that's why I go back to what I said. You know, you got to love your workers, bro. They don't. Yes. They don't care. I know because they if don't. they cared, they would have done that. Bro, I remember one time when I was the hottest thing in his promotion, okay? And uh, I went up to him and I said, bro, why don't you paint the gym and get some new equipment? That shit's probably been oh, there shit. since the... Huh? I, oh, sorry. Okay. I was disagreeing with you. No shit. Yeah. I said, you can't have the same equipment in there since the 30s. Like, he had stuff there that looked like stuff from, like, the Flintstones from Bedrock. Like, You're talking like, about <laughs> upstairs in Arena Mexico, aren't like, you? Really primitive shit. You're talking about upstairs at Arena Mexico? Yes, upstairs yeah, at Arena Mexico. Yeah, tell me about it. Right there, bro. You know? And he goes, for what? He goes, it's free. And I was like, all right. You know, I'm thinking to myself, really? Mm -hmm. For what? You know, how about morale? How about so they don't get injured? How about so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. And so they just Yeah, well, they're just the help, so who cares? <laughs> right. You know, and so and and we've seen that a lot in the wrestling yeah. business, not just in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? That's the one part where when I start thinking about it, I still get pissed off, Carlos. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people I really care about a lot are down there oh, working about, under those conditions. How about this one? No catering. You've got guys in there for eight yeah. hours with no catering. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You mean? And you I know that sounds like diva shit, but trust me, it's not. It's no. not at all. If you go to any other TV production there for eight hours, they're feeding you because it's the right thing to do. Eight hours is a and a, that's that's being nice too because sometimes it's like more like twelve, and that's not even including the, the bus ride on the way there. Yeah, or like but, um, So hey, hey Carlos, yeah. uh, talk talk about uh, like what's going on right now uh, with you guys and. Don't you guys have something going on with, with Oscar this weekend in San Diego, like a, a, a wrestling oh, show? Yeah, that, that's a casino show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another thing I'm doing. So there's a casino down here called uh, Saquon. Yeah. And so um, uh, Ray had been like a brand ambassador for them for like two years. And so, you know, I was like, yo, well, why don't you do a wrestling show? Well, we've never done one. 
So they were really afraid that they were going to lose their ass. Because, like, you know, like a first venture, you don't know. Same thing in Nashville. Nobody would have showed up. You yeah. know, that would have really been bad. You don't know until people are there. And so, you know, we had some talks, and then they said, okay, we're going to give it a shot. And so we did our first show, and I want to say that it, that it fit maybe 1,000 people. Yeah. There were like 900 people there. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so they were they were through the roof because wow. it's a 21 and over thing, you know, it's a casino. Yeah. So people are buying drinks, so they did really well in concession. And then he, they were like, oh, my God, we've had everybody here. You know, like they have all those old school acts that tour the casinos, yeah. like, you know, like Chubby Checker and, you know, Casey the Sunshine Band. And, you know, and they'll have comedians and all that. And they were like, this is the only show. He goes, I've been here five years. This is the only show that the staff, you know, left their positions to go watch the show and they're not <laughs> used to and honestly they're used to losing their ass on on all that entertainment they bring in right and they made money with us nice. and and immediately they were like can we do five shows next no they said can we do four i go why stop at four let's do five and so yeah we ended up signing for five more days nice. five more shows so that's at Saquon Casino, and they treat it as great. It's a very professional, nice, cool place. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, our next show is December 22nd. And, and hey, is Ru uh, Ruben Zamora and, and Kevin Kleinrock? Zamora's working with me, yeah. From yeah. Mask Republic? Yeah, yeah. Ruben Poliscan and Zamora is working with me. And so he ain't afraid that, like, you're in his car, and he'll just put a police scanner from Frisco. I'm like, why? Yeah. You know, yeah. And he goes, well, you're... Uh, no so, one's gotten me across, back and forth across the border uh, quicker than Ruben Zamora. Oh, he's great people, bro. <laughs> he's great people. And so um, he's working with me on that little endeavor, and we're going to have, I think, uh, Ray Mysterio, John Morrison, Willie Mack. Nice. Oscarita Dorada, Taya, Joey Ryan. You know he's going to get over with that crowd. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw you guys wearing, like, these vegetarian X shirts. Oh, that was me and Austin Aries. We had oh, a, you in Austin? Yeah, yeah, for a tag match we had. I wore one of the shirts. That's yeah. a great shirt. Yeah, yeah, I still eat meat. Trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know me, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, don't throw me softballs, please. Right? <laughs> so right. so um, uh, what was I going to say? So, um, oh, so anyways, we're going to have, uh, you know, Joy Ryan there. So it's going to be, we got some luchadors coming from Tijuana who killed it last time. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a real good show, you know. So everybody that's in San Diego, in the Sequan, you know, in the San Diego area, come out to the Saquon Casino December 22nd. Sweet. Hey, um, you guys, do you guys have some la last questions you want to uh, throw out here? I just wanted to know, who owns the intellectual property on Max Moon? Do you own Max Moon or does Vince own Max Moon? No, that was my idea, but he it was but they have the intellectual property. Hmm. It's that, too bad that, because that, you could have really taken that and done something with it somewhere else, Carlos. Yeah, well, it was a very <laughs> it, was, it was a very wild idea and uh but Vince he loved it, you know. Yeah, he, I can see why. He, he he invested a lot of money into I don't even think I've told you this or maybe I have. Bro, originally that thing was going to shoot like my idea was it was going to shoot confetti right yes and it was going to shoot like uh dry smoke mm -hmm. right yeah and uh and it was going to shoot like these fireballs and i thought that would be incredible for kids vince came up with this idea he wanted to he wanted to put a jet pack so i would fly to the ring <laughs> but you couldn't do it in indoor stadiums because of the fire marshals yes. and shit yeah but he <laughs> liked the idea bro i i think it would have gotten over good oh, with kids yeah. Oh no, for sure it would have. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure like how far, like how high that 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure if they would, if he would have used that in the main event, though. Like, I don't know, Carlos, if that would Yeah, I don't think it was a main event no. act. It was just an act for kids that probably would have made him a lot of money. You yeah, know, for sure. Little Max Moon robots and keychains and little, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, the masks um, and bro, the Halloween costume and... I would have yeah. gotten in trouble, bro. I would have gotten in trouble because, you know, I have a big mouth and I would have gotten in trouble there somehow, some way. It, it was too hyper-political for me. Oh, yeah. You know, and, I, and, I was, and I was doing whatever I wanted in Mexico. So, you know, you know so I, I didn't care, to tell you the truth. So I just didn't show up for TV tapings that they fired me. <laughs> so, yeah, you, d you were talking about that on an uh, interview that you just stopped showing up. And you did mention that you haven't uh, spoke to Vince since. That interview was maybe about a year ago. So have you spoken to Vince no, I've seen Vince like two, two, two or three times in the like in the uh, backstage when I've gone to visit friends. Hey, Conan, you know, and that's it. We don't have no chit chat or nothing. But right. you know, he just shakes my hand. One time, I remember I went there to do an interview. I went to do a um, what do you call this? Uh, I got really right before I left here, and I was really mad at them. And I went to do a tryout in WWE. Yeah. And uh, I remember that Johnny Ace was like, me and him never got along. But uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you might be a little bit too old. You know, you might be and, a little bit too old, Carlos. Yeah. And I go, well, are, are you going to flash my age on the screen or what? I go, you know, I mean, Booker T's about my same age. He's here. Yeah. You know. And so uh, so then I was like, yeah, this guy ain't going to give me a shot. So I said, well, can I go in there and do some commentating? Because I was doing commentating for TNA at that time for Spanish. Yeah. And I went in there and I remember coach was in there. And then I went in there, I did it with Coach. You know, he put it over big time. But, bro, this this is the, like the Chris Benoit nobody knows. Yeah. And so I opened up the door, and Benoit was standing there. And he goes, I sat here. I listened to the whole thing. That was incredible. And he hugged me. And I was like, man, thank you. That means a lot. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I, I um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, um. Carlos, yeah. um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, okay. uh, what, uh, what, what do you, uh, what, what do you want to say before we uh, we get out of here? Is let me just plug, real plug what I'm doing. Yeah, let me plug what I'm doing real quick. So you can check me out every Thursday on Keeping It 100 with Conan. That's a podcast yeah. on podcast1.com under the Jericho ne Network, and it's a wild show. We talk about politics, pop culture, movies, sports, wrestling. You know everything, and um, and I have my co-host is Disco Inferno, and then my producers JoJo the Philly Twink Boy, Shane Helms has a segment, Juventud yeah. Guerrera has and Juicy for All segment, and then we have the Mass Republic Minute with Kevin Kleinrock. So it's a pretty crazy show, and uh, we put in music in there too, and uh, so check it out. It's on Thursdays, and uh, you can catch me on my Twitter, which is K O N N A N. 5150 Conan 5150 <laughs> it's also the same name on Facebook Facebook I usually chop it up with my Latino fans Twitter usually chop it up with my English speaking fans you can check me out on impact on Thursdays on pop TV this this Thursday I got a really cool thing with Sammy I'd like you uh, to give me your feedback uh, definitely on, on my, yeah and um, I'm with Errol Lucha we're gonna be um, we're gonna be uh, going through Texas from January to April, we have something like 10 dates. So we're going to be all over Texas. You know, we're going to bring that Auto Lucha Lucha Libre to you. And it's been my pleasure and honor to be on on your show, X-Pac. You know, I love you very much. I love you too, man. Yeah, man. You're a dear Denise, friend of mine, cool man. You. Yeah, it was nice cool meeting you. Nice meeting you too. Yeah, and everybody that's on your staff, man. 
Thank you for supporting X-Pac. You know what a beautiful person he is. Hey, Thank Carlos, you, and, and please please yeah. call me to come on, on the show again, man. Please. All right. my, my pleasure. You guys be good and, and have uh, much success. I love you, you, man. So have a good day, Bye. man. And my love to Stacy. Hi, you guys. I could just talk to Carlos for hours and hours and hours. As a matter of fact, uh, very. F- that's the, probably the shortest telephone conversation I've ever had with, with Conan. <laughs> oh, man, and you hate talking on the phone. I know, that's what yeah. I was And it, like, they're, they're, honest to God, every single one ends up being three, four hours long. Mm-hmm. Because you don't talk to each other for a while, and then, you know, you, you got to cram everything in. And, and, you know, Carlos is long-winded, and I'm long-winded. So, you know, like I said, this was a really abbreviated conversation for us. And there's plenty more that, like, he could come back on again, and there's a tons of stuff that we didn't even talk about that everyone would love to hear. For sure. Definitely. So I'm, I'm really grateful to Carlos uh, for sharing some of his time with us today. And thank you guys and ladies for helping me have a great show every week. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I guess that's it. I'm not sure uh, about the guests for next week, but let's go do like all the, uh, you know, where we can find everybody and all that shit. Well, you can find Sean in Chicago at AIW. AAW. AAW, sorry about that. Uh, December 30th, he'll be wrestling right. there. And then re- uh, you have an appearance at the Wrestling Guy store in Huntington Park out here in California, January 13th. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'll go, I'll go be meet there. X-Pac. I'll be there 100% guarantee you could take that to the bank and cash it. I will be there. Because we, I, I ended up not making what, an appearance. I, 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 Previous uh, appearance for Wrestling Guy store was canceled. Yes. Uh, no fault of theirs. Where so. can find you? Uh, follow right. me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth, and I'll be at Bar Wrestling tomorrow if you want to come say yeah. hi. Yeah. All right, and you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram <coughs> at underscore Denise Salcedo, and you guys can also check me out on YouTube, Denise Salcedo. There is lots of new stuff going up on there. And I'm on Twitter at Sunday Motel. Check out uprocks.com, uh, wispandice.com, and uprocks.com slash pro wrestling. Just today, we put up a brand new episode of our With Spandex podcast. We're really, really proud of it. We had both Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss on. We got to take nice. them to breakfast. Amazing conversation. We talked about how they're real-life best friends, and it comes through in the podcast. You can hear them be best friends. And we talked about uh, body positivity and depression, and and it's just a, a really empowering conversation. It's a really... Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have been part of that uh, experience. Those are the conversations I think I want to hear uh, moving forward. Like, it's... You know, you go and you hear co- uh, podcast guests, and, and like, they're asked the same questions, sure. mm-hmm. and they're just basically regurgitating stuff. And then, so when you have uh, something like that, I think it's really worth going out of your way to try to. That's why to. I like uh, coming on this podcast, is because you have conversations with people that you know or people yeah. that you want to get to know. And that's our goal too with the With Spandex podcast is we don't want to ask wrestlers questions; we want to have a conversation with people. So if you're looking for another podcast, With Spandex podcast, nice. And you can follow us on AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, The Real XPOC, IG, XPOC12360, Facebook, uh, XPOC12360. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. And also, just a little FYI, if you don't know what net neutrality is, you can go to www.battlefornet.com. Definitely check it out. Very because, important yeah. stuff. Here. Very important. If you like being on the internet at all, you need to call your congressperson yeah. and tell them to save net, net neutrality. There's been a lot of distractions going on with like state senate elections and mm-hmm. different things like that that uh, you know uh, keep people from focusing on things like this net neutrality thing Which that the FCC is about ready to kill. Yeah. And so we need to like yeah 
we need to get up our asses and, and uh, speak out to our congressman definitely check that out and yeah. christmas is coming so i have a lot of toy dress stuff that i'm posting up and you can follow me on everything at tk Trinidad. yeah if you want to if you want to donate to tk's toy drive so she can give <laughs> presents to her ne nephews her niece. and nieces <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually it's actually the tk trinidad toy drive yeah. so that she can yeah. buy herself Beats a hoverboard yeah. so she won't have to yeah. walk around yeah, yeah. definitely it's the precursor <laughs> to the birthday season no, like, birthday. I'm already planning for a birth season, which is gonna be 2018. Well, this one's Jesus's birthday season. Exactly. So there you go. Nice. All right, everyone. <laughs> you can follow me at the Real X Pac. Did you already say that? I did. Thanks. It's <laughs> worth noting again. And I'm gonna be doing some work. Michael Klaus is gonna help me on the Instagram stuff. He has a pretty good. Uh, uh, like people are like, oh, who the f is Michael Klaus? Only well, didn't you, ju didn't you just do a show? I, yeah, you I, did. Yeah. On popcorn. Yeah. So Anyways. you're gonna have the bikini pictures up on X Pac then? Of uh, mine? Yeah. yeah. I'll just. It's for the Borat. Uh, That's for like pay, like paywalls. Yeah, stuff. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. You guys, I really, really grateful that you tune in every week, whether you're watching or listening. And so come back next week. We love you guys. From executive producers Maria Madonos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling, Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at The Real XPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later.